Welcome to the podcast that's dedicated to helping business owners to prepare for exit so you can maximize value and exit on your terms. This is the Exit Insights podcast presented by Succession Plus. I'm Daryl Bates-Brownsort, and today I'm talking to Jason Parr from Peisner Johnson. These guys, Jason is, is, is a sales tax expert, and uh, he has been shocking me and, and basically blowing my mind with all the various combinations and and difficulties you can get into when selling your business. So, Jason, look, 10 seconds, quick intro into yourself. How did you get into being a, a sales tax uh, uh, expert in in um, exits? Well, uh, you said that right. I've been with Pizer Johnson. We call ourselves the sales tax people. I've been uh, with Pizer Johnson for 27 years. So uh, state and local tax and especially sales tax is all I know. <laughs> And it's just in the last five years that it's really become critical to understand what your responsibility might be around sales tax, especially uh, upon exiting a company. Okay, and this is and and this this conversation today is is pertinent to uh, U.S. based uh, businesses, but these issues that we're talking about, I guess they spread when when businesses have got international operations as well. It's correct. So any company anywhere in the world doing business in the U.S. Um, could be subject to a responsibility to collect and remit sales tax and not understanding that responsibility and not complying with that responsibility uh, can create a, a significant liability or exposure on the company in the process of doing some due diligence um, when you're looking to sell your company or if, if other individuals are looking to acquire your business. Okay. So I'm guessing when we if if someone's interested in acquiring a company, there you know we we go through we we have a look at the company, we you know if we're with a seller of the company, we prepare our business and and prepare for due diligence, but from a buyer's perspective, they've now got legal due diligence, they've got cultural due diligence if they want to make sure that the business is going to fit their portfolio. Um, and they've got all sorts of other types of due diligence. Now, um, it looks like we need a, a sales tax due diligence as some special research. <laughs> Otherwise, there's another gotcha there for us. <laughs> yeah, unfortunately, it's uh, the landscape has changed quite a bit. Just to give you some brief background, just five years ago, in fact, uh, this month, uh, we celebrated the, the decision in the U.S. by the Supreme Court um, of Wayfair versus South Dakota. And Wayfair versus South Dakota was really a, a sales tax uh, question that was taken to the Supreme Court to determine can a state like South Dakota require an online uh, provider of goods to collect the South Dakota sales tax on those sales and remit it to the state. Uh, every state has its own sales tax law. And uh, because of the state and federal guidelines related to uh, interstate commerce, states typically can't reach across state lines and require uh, taxpayers outside of their state to collect a sales tax. So prior to Wayfair, which was July of 2018, everybody who did business had to comply with sales tax law based on where they were located. Now, because of this new law that's passed, everybody that does business in, in the U.S. has to collect tax based on where their customers are located. So you can imagine in an e-commerce world where you're selling goods uh, all across the U.S., Canada, across the world, in fact, 
um, all of a sudden you need to worry about all of your customers that are located in multiple states. And so where a company might have needed to be registered and collecting sales tax on their goods and services in a particular state, maybe they were registered in one, two or three states based on employees or inventory or places of business in multiple states. But now they may need to be uh, responsible for collecting tax across 45 states that uh, impose a sales tax law. And so it, it's really created some confusion and some complexities uh, across the country. And so there's three questions. We just try to simplify it so you can understand what your responsibility is. And we mm -hmm. break that down into three questions. Number one, state by state, do I have nexus? That's the term in the U.S. to determine if a state can require you to collect a tax on their behalf is what I sell taxable, right? If a state can require me to collect tax, then I need to know if what I'm selling into that state is taxable under their sales tax law. And then lastly, am I the responsible party to collect that tax? Along with every law that has passed in each state requiring out-of-state sellers to collect an in-state tax, um, they've passed what's called marketplace facilitator legislation. And what all that means is now, if I sell on Amazon, is Amazon responsible for collecting that tax or am I responsible for collecting that tax? And so you have to look state by state and answer those three questions to determine, okay, number one, do I have a responsibility here? And if I do, how do I comply? And if I do, if I haven't complied when I should have, those sales taxes add up over time and really um, are the costliest mistake you can make when it comes to sales tax because it's not that those taxes aren't due. Now they may be due out of your own pocket with penalty and interest across multiple states. So this really puts an added burden on business owners. So if, if they're a, a mail order business of, of some description and, and as you say, selling on Amazon or eBay, I imagine, or, or, or even just some sort of online through their website, if they get a customer, yes, one customer from another state, does that create the liability for them? Yeah, that's a great question. So uh, the first question is, do I have nexus? Each state that has passed legislation um, that would require this have also passed uh, economic thresholds. And so in the U.S., you'll hear a lot about economic nexus, and that means that my sales into a particular state need to exceed a certain threshold before I'm required by that state to register and collect tax. Most of the states in the U.S. now are around 100,000 in gross sales into the state. Um, there are some larger states that uh, may have a $500,000 threshold. Um, so there is a protection for what I, I suppose the South Dakota and the Supreme Court um, determine would be small businesses. So if, if you have sales less than 100,000, then um, you, you may not have a responsibility in that state to register and collect that tax. So there are some minor protections based on the number of transactions or the amount of dollars sold in a one year or 12 month period. Okay. And you've already mentioned that the number, the, the threshold is different in, in different states. It is different. The most common threshold is 100,000 because that was the law in South Dakota that the U.S. Supreme Court said was fair. And okay. so that hasn't been litigated in other states. And because it, it was deemed fair, 
in South Dakota, most states just mirrored the same law that South Dakota had in place. Texas, California, New York, some other states that are larger have larger thresholds. Um, just because it's also a burden on the state to actually require smaller sellers to comply. They're really looking for the larger sellers. And once they pass the law for uh, the Amazons, the Walmarts, the Etsy's um, to be the uh, responsible party to collect the tax, then that took some additional burden off sellers. But it doesn't take away some of the complexity because if I sell through Amazon and I sell on my own website, Amazon's responsible for collecting tax on the goods I sell through their platform, but I'm responsible to collect tax that I sell through my website. So it, it can be complex and, and definitely needs to be looked at. The last thing you want is you've worked really hard to build a business and you're ready to sell that business. And you, you find out un, under sales tax law in most states, the purchaser of a company is the successor of the liabilities on that company. So if you're buying a company that has not complied with these new sales tax laws, and uh, you may find out that you have a seven-figure exposure in the U.S., which you may have wanted to put in reserve or an escrow, or actually could have killed the deal, so to speak, could have put you in a position where you don't want to buy that company until they have corrected those things and they are in compliance so that when you succeed as the owner of that company, you don't bring all of that potential exposure with you. So that's, as you say, it's quite a burden. And um, I think you mentioned if I'm selling through Amazon, <clears throat> then Amazon has the burden of going, okay, you've done a hundred grand worth of sales in this, this area, this state. Therefore, we need to collect the sales tax and, and allocate it for you and we'll account for it for you. <clears throat> and then you mentioned that I might also be selling directly from my website. So if I sell, I don't know, let's say a uh, hundred grand through through Amazon and they start collecting the tax, does that mean every dollar of sales that I sell directly through my website, I need to start collecting the tax or do I get another hundred grand worth of uh, credits? <clears throat> That's a great question, actually. Uh, you, you bring up a subject that, that makes it, again, more complex, but each state. So when you're looking at that hundred thousand dollar threshold in each state, <laughs> Some states look at your total gross sales, no matter what platform or what channel or what avenue that you sell it. Some states are only looking for those sales that are deemed taxable in their state once those reach 100000 There are a few states that actually, when they're looking at that $100,000 threshold, they will exclude uh, marketplace facilitator platform sales. Um, and so it, it, it could mean... Uh, that you're just looking at all sales through Amazon and your website, or you're just looking at sales through your website. So you have th this is why when you're doing this, you have to look at it state by state because each state is able to impose the law based on how they deem it should be uh, imposed. It sounds like a nightmare. Um, <laughs> it, it's simpler than our discussion here. Um, especially if you get a sales tax professional involved and just helping you understand the, the layout and what the situation is. Because if you, if you just, if you looked at a spreadsheet and you, and you tried <clears throat> to say, you know, where do I comply? Where do, where do I not have to comply? 
where do I have a responsibility or not? Um, it, it can seem very complex, but if, if you're going through that spreadsheet with a sales tax professional, you can get a really good idea of which state you need to comply with. And then when you partner with that professional as it relates to your ongoing monthly requirements to um, remit the taxes that you're collecting, then, then each month you, you continue to have an understanding uh, from that professional yeah. where you stand in each state. Yeah, and and I'm naturally uh, being a little bit of a devil's advocate and and just trying to oh, ask sure. the questions that must be going through you know someone who's 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 servicing clients in in multiple states. Yeah, you know, it'd be the question that's going through their head. You know, if they if they started their business twenty thirty years ago, they've been running their business. They're used to running their business a certain way, and then all of a sudden, like five years ago, things are changing. And especially in that last five years, if they're starting to think, well, I'm getting yeah. to the stage where I'm thinking about what's next. This new new uh, requirement uh, has come in sort of, you know, in their minds, maybe backdoor. Hopefully they're working with a good accountant. Their accountants kept their eye on things and, and kept on top of it and, and sorted it out for them along the way. But, Jason, the question that comes to me is, is this the sort of thing every accountant can, can um, handle for their clients or do you need some sort of specialist qualifications? Uh, what we're finding is is um, there are accountants and CPAs who have dealt with federal tax, U.S. federal tax, um, state income tax. But when it comes to the sales tax side, they either don't have the background or the knowledge or or they simply don't want it. Um, we we work with a lot of accountants and CPAs, uh, bookkeepers, uh, fractional CFOs and, and others. Uh, the most common phrase that we hear from them is, I hate sales tax. <laughs> they, they, they just, they don't want to deal with it. Um, but your trusted advisor has to be cognizant of this because uh, let me just give you an example um, of what we see from time to time with companies who are not aware or who have accountants who say, don't worry about sales tax. It's, it's not that big of a deal. So if you just think about, let's just say that you've been selling in the U.S., uh, whether you're doing it on Amazon, your own website, uh, brick and mortar, whatever the case may be, you there's no doubt you now have a responsibility to register and comply in more states than you previously did. Let's just say it's 10 states, not all 45 states. Um, and let's say that that's happened over the, just the last couple of years because you've expanded or grown. Let's say you've come out of, or, or during the pandemic, you really had the ability to do a lot more online sales and you're coming out of the pandemic and that, that's just been exponential or you've grown and grown. So just let's say 10 states. Most states have an average sales tax rate of anywhere from 6% up to 10%. Um, which doesn't seem that high when you think about uh, a VAT or a VAT um, in international on, on all goods and services, but that this is just one tax type. But let's say that you weren't aware of your responsibility, so you didn't register, um, and, and then these 10 states understand that this has actually happened. Well, let's say you've had a million dollars in sale in those 10 states, so you've had $10 million in sales and let's just say the average is 8%. You, you have a, about $80,000 in tax that should have been collected that was not collected. And you likely have upwards of 20% or more 
in penalty and interest that would be imposed on that. And th th this would be $100,000 coming out of your own pocket. If you run an online business that has 10% margins, or worse yet, 5% margins, your entire margins for an entire year or for two years have been completely wiped out. Um, and there's companies that run into this type of situation. That's a $1 million liability on $10 million in sales across 10 states. You're dealing with 10 different uh, administrative taxing authorities. And now you owe this with penalty and interest. And the likelihood is you don't have this money. You can't go back and collect it from your customers later. Um, and so a lot of companies either have to take out a 